Welcome back to Nach Yomi. We are doing a parak a day as we move through Nach. We are up to Yehoshua, Perak Yud, the 10th chapter of Sefer Yehoshua. The plot now thickens as Givon has just made a contract with the nation of Israel. They submitted themselves and made a peace contract with Israel. What happens is, is now the rest of the kings who live around the area say, wait a second, Givon was a very powerful set of cities. How could they, do, in, a, in a certain sense, um, defect and turn coat on us. So they gather a syndicate of five kings. They gather the kings <clears throat> from some of the familiar cities we know, Yerushalayim, Hebron, Yarmus, Lachish, and Eglon. Those are five strong cities of the Amorites who live on the hills, and they band together to wage war on the defecting Givonites who have turned coat to Israel. And what happens? Naturally, the Givonites turn to Yerushua and said, help us. So Yerushua mobilizes his troops from Gilgal, and, he, and is about to wage war on the on those five kings who are attacking the Gibonites. This, uh, this peace accord, Yoshua, has brought him into deep waters. But nonetheless, it does work out for him. Hashem says to Yoshua, this is the right thing to do. Nobody's going to st stop in front of you. And they enter into the battle. It is a natural battle, but as the battle ensues, and it's, it starts off as a regular military battle, it starts slowly and um, turning into a miraculous battle. Because as the, they're running away, as the enemies are running to um, the slopes of Beis Choron, there's this incredible storm which breaks out, and El Avne El Gavish, these, these hailstones start falling upon the enemy from the heavens, and the, as the Malmin points out, this, this hailstorm follows the retreating enemy um, uh, um, wherever they move. So there's, there's a miraculous aspect about it, even though hail itself isn't necessarily miraculous um, per se. Um, and the Tanakh testifies that more people, There were more killed by the hail than they were by the sword. That's a very powerful storm we're talking about. Then in the midst of this, Yoshua says something which is really radical. Yoshua stops, and as the enemy is running away, he says, He turns to Hashem and says, On the day that Hashem gives the Emirates in his hands in front of all of Israel, he says, Shemesh begivon dom. Stop, O sun, and let the, the moon cease to move. And in fact, that is what happened. Yoshua requests, a, in a certain sense, an apreve from the sun continuing to orbit, the moon continuing to orbit, and, um, and in fact, Israel's granted that space and they're able to capture their enemies in that time. Remarkable description. And while this is happening, let's carry on to look at this, the summary. In the meantime, Yoshua runs after the enemies and they capture that he has known, he hears news that the five kings who he's pursuing are in a particular cave. So he tells his soldiers to close the cave off, seal it off. In the meantime, he sends the rest of the soldiers to go and um, pursue the, re the enemies. <clears throat> after after uh, capturing the enemies, they return to the caves, bring out the kings. And Yoshua performs this interesting symbolic ceremony where he tells all his officers to come and he asks them to place their feet on the necks of these kings. And symbolically, metaphorically, he says, as we have conquered these, you will continue to conquer the rest of the kings. And then he kills them and hangs them up till the evening as a sign for the, um, of their success and a sign of Hashem's giving them in their hands. Um, and then they put them back in those caves that they were hiding and close them up as a monument to the, to the success. Then what happens is the rest of the peric is, the most of the rest of the peric is describing Yoshua's ongoing conquest. So now that Yoshua is the upper hand, the Tanakh tells us how he goes on to conquer Makeda, Livna, then Lachish. Remember, Lachish was one of those cities that was the, 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 actually the allies in the syndicate against him. 
Um, and when attacking Lachish, the, the neighboring city of Gezer sends a, um, a helping aid party, which Yoshua attacks and destroys Gezer as well. Then they attack Eglon, which was one of the parties. And then Chevron, and then Divra, um, Divira, uh, and describes all these different cities that Joshua attacks. And each time it says that he that he kills the king, kills all the people living there, and destroys the city completely. Um, and at the, at the end of this parak, after the end of this long description of um, of war, the parak concludes how, with the extent of conquest Joshua has succeeded in doing from the very the south all the way to the north. It sounds like you know wide swaths of land which have successfully been uh, um, been able to to be conquered, and it concludes with that Joshua managed to conquer them in one shot, which the Radak says that means to say that there was no long sieges, there was no elongated battles, they were successful in, in fact, um, conquering all of these people very easily. And with that, Yoshua and all of Israel returned to their, their camp in Gilgal. So this is one successful battle we're talking about, one thing after the next. We're going to have to consider next time how successful this really is, meaning to say this, you know, was this a majority of Israel, was this a minority? Minority of Israel, how much was really conquered? But a few points to ponder right now. And um, you know, it's it's funny that the enemies of Israel spent all their energy and time not actually banding together to attack Israel, but to attack those who defected. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the, all these nations, instead of you know creating a, a battle with Yoshua, you spend their energy and expenses against Givon. You know, obviously they wanted to create a example that you don't defect. But the Malin points out that one of the gifts that Hashem gave Israel when they entered the land of Israel was the lack of communication. Meaning if Givon had just sent a letter to their neighboring kings, then they might have banded together to create an even stronger unity and syndicate. If these other kings had spoken to their neighbors, then maybe they could have created a stronger army. But Hashem allowed it to be that everyone was operating on their own rules. So Givon does its own thing, these Melachim go and seek reprisal, then some of the, everybody else already wakes up later. So the, the point is that, that the coordination over here was Hashem's hand just behind the scenes. When it comes to the miracle of the, of the sun, the sun stopping you, there's a lot of discussion as to what really happened. The, you know, the Malbim in his derech, as we saw beforehand, in his general approach, understands, yes, the sun and moon actually stopped. Um, this was Yosho was asking for extra time in this particular case. The Ralbag, who moves away, as we saw from the miracles, breaking the rules of nature, says, no, no, no. What it just means is that he asked for speed, that he could be able to conquer the enemy before the sun went down, so that he had the, act, the ability to use time more effectively, and it seemed like the sun went down slowly because of their ability to be able to capture up to the enemies. So whichever way it is, the question really is, is why Yosho did this, meaning... Why was Yeshua making this request, either, you know, supernatural or extra-natural? Why did Yeshua need to do this? So with this, we'll close. The Al-Sheikh HaKadosh says on this pasuk, a really interesting insight, and that is, whenever anything happens, whenever you have a nation of six succeeds, and certainly in these days, people say, ah, ha, ha, it was because they had certain powers, supernatural powers which were operating for them. They had the sun, they had the moon, they had the, you know, different forces at work which were supporting them. So Yeshua says, look, I want to make sure that everybody understands unequivocally that this battle is fought only by Hashem. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask all the Mazolas, all the powers in heaven, all the celestial beings to stop. We're going to win this war, war under God himself. Everybody's going to see that there's not, it's going to be unequivocal. There's no way to, to, to look at this um, ambiguously. And with that, that's the conclusion of this battle. Tomorrow we will continue as we finish up this section of those kings conquered. Meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.